What if I told you that there was one tool that you can use, this is not a tool native to a social network, but a third-party tool that you can use for one of the most popular social networks that can help you do anything and everything. It has very, very unique functionality that goes beyond what that platform offers you. And that tool can be used to help you with some of your other social media marketing scheduling. Would that excite you? Well, it excites me. And that's what I'm going to be talking about on this next episode of the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. Digital, social media, content influencer, marketing, blogging, podcasting, vlogging, TikToking, LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, SEO, SEM, PPC, email marketing. Whew. There's a lot to cover. Whether you're a marketing professional, entrepreneur, or business owner, you need someone you can rely on for expert advice. Good thing you've got Neil on your side. Because Neil Schaefer is your Your digital digital marketing marketing coach. coach. Helping you grow your business with digital first marketing, one episode at a time. This is your digital marketing coach, and this is Neil Schaefer. Hey, everybody. This is Neil Schaefer. Welcome to episode number 228 of the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. As the name implies, my name is Neil Schaefer. I am your digital marketing coach, offering fractional CMO digital marketing consulting services to corporations and also host of the Digital First Mastermind community, serving a community of marketers, business owners, and entrepreneurs who don't just want to know the how of digital marketing, but really how to leverage it to grow their business. All right, so I hope you were intrigued by that teaser that I had for you, but it is true. There are lots of different social networks out there. You got Facebook, you got Twitter, you got LinkedIn, you got Instagram, and there's lots of tools that can help you manage them. And all these tools offer pretty similar functionality, but for one specific social network, and you'll find out very shortly that that social network is Pinterest, there is one tool that literally has no competition. It does anything and everything for you. Now, Pinterest is a topic that I have talked about on this podcast, but not very often. We have to go back to February 5th of 2020. Wow, that's a year and a half ago when I talked about on episode number 146, Pinterest marketing for those who still don't get it. Back in, wow, I'm really aging myself here, but episode number 77, Debunking the Pinterest Myth. Number 66, The Uniquely Engaging Pinterest Community Boards. And number 24, Are You Taking Pinterest Seriously? So it's not a major theme of my podcast, but it is something that comes around because Pinterest has always been a large driver of traffic to my digital properties right now, neilshafer.com. Before I started this podcast, I went on and checked my Google Analytics. And indeed, although it is currently losing to Twitter, Pinterest still drives in 2021 more traffic to my blog than does Facebook and LinkedIn. In fact, I get more, the smart digital marketers saying, okay, Neil, what about conversions? I get one and a half times more conversions of the traffic coming from Pinterest than I do from Facebook. So it is still an extremely valuable platform that I still invest in, even though I am a B2B business. And therefore I think regardless of the industry you're in, there's probably a role that Pinterest can play in your marketing. Now, when it comes to the tool, that tool that I talk about is Tailwind. 
Tailwind has traditionally been strong in Pinterest. They are now doing more with Instagram and Facebook. So actually with a particular client of mine, we're using Tailwind for our Instagram management, but it is a great tool with a lot of functionality that you probably didn't even know existed. So I'm really honored to serve up this interview with Melissa Meganson, who is the senior community manager of Tailwind, an awesome person who I've known over the years. There's several awesome Tailwind employees that I've known over the years, but Melissa's great and really gives us an overview of all of this different functionality, but also a little bit of advice on strategy and tactics, and not just for Pinterest, but really any social network that is out there. I also wanna say that there's a link that I mentioned uh, maybe twice in this podcast. The link is for a special discount for my community members. Uh, the link is neilshafer.com slash tailwind. It offers you a $30 credit for a future subscription, something that is a unique discount for my community. That is an affiliate link. I did not mention that in my interview. And I know Melissa was was probably waiting for me to mention that because Tailwind is really strict as they should be on making sure that we are uh, abiding by FTC guidelines when it comes to uh, making those statements. So I just want to be crystal clear and full disclosure that that is an affiliate link. Obviously, every time you purchase through that link, it does not cost you anymore. And it obviously helps fund uh, all this content creation activity that I do. So without further ado, let's just get straight to the interview. All right, Neil? Okay, I get it. Here she is, Melissa Meganson, Senior Community Manager of Pinterest. You're listening to Your Digital Marketing Coach. This is Neil Schaefer. Melissa, welcome to the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. Thanks so much for having me. I'm thrilled to be here. Melissa, you're someone that I've known for probably a decade on social media, Pinterest, see you like at Social Media Marketing World. So I think this is only the second time we've actually like, you know, met physically or virtually, but I, I always see your name coming from Tailwind. And, you know, for those of you who follow me, you've probably heard me talk about Tailwind before. But for those that haven't, Melissa, why don't you give our listeners just a, a brief overview of, and I know that Tailwind's really evolved over time, you know, what Tailwind is today and also your role there. Sure. Yeah. So Tailwind is right now, we are mostly focused on Pinterest and Instagram. We have products that help you create posts, schedule posts, analyze posts. So really you can do your full planning for Pinterest and Instagram right within Tailwind. We are working on expanding a little bit. So we'll be adding more features. You'll be able to do a lot more coming very soon. So be on the lookout there. And I've been with the company for almost nine years now, which is hard to believe, honestly. Uh, this is my first job out of college. I joined wow. when there were just our two co-founders and another person. I've been with the company the longest other than Danny and Alex, our co-founders. So it's been pretty amazing watching the company grow from just doing uh, spreadsheets for our members with analytics to where we are now having, I, I don't know even what that kind of growth would look like from 50 members to nearly a million now. So it's been wow quite the past decade. And I, I feel like I've been working in dog years, just learning so much over the years. And to Tailwind's credit, it really I, I know that you're you're proudly located in Oklahoma City. And the people that are there have always been there. It, it, there's all these other social media companies where you're sort of talking to someone different on a monthly or yearly basis. But yeah, it's all the same crew, which is awesome. Yeah. It, it's I'm sure you're all like family there. We really are. And it's it's a great company to work for. I love my coworkers. Can't say enough good things. Even even if they didn't pay my paycheck, I would still really love the company. <laughs> well, let's hope they pay your paycheck. But yeah, let's hope. <laughs> so, you know, 
you're in a unique situation, really, educator audience, because you know Tailwind is one of these unique tools. You, there's other social media platforms out there, and there's also other tools, but for Pinterest specifically, there's Tailwind, and then there's almost no one else. There's a bunch of tools that sort of had Pinterest as an add-on. So maybe we begin our conversation. I know we're going to get to Instagram and Facebook, and I know that you have some data, and, and uh, as an Instagram partner, you've got some great information from them as well. But I think just the logical starting point is Pinterest. This is what Tailwind saw very early on the potential, and you've, the, the two has just become synonymous with success with Pinterest marketing. So since COVID... And, you know, I listen to your podcast regularly and, you know, we've seen that there's been this huge uptick in, in not only interest, but actual users. So what, what have you seen from your end and from your users in terms of what Pinterest has evolved into in 2021 going forward into 2022? Yeah, it's kind of crazy when you look at Pinterest now versus Pinterest, like when we started on it all those years ago and it's gone from a place where, you know, you could just throw anything on a board and it would go viral. You would have lots of clicks and everything. But as a, a pinner on Pinterest, someone just going for the natural pinning experience, it wasn't great for a little while there. You would see the exact same post over and over and over again. It'd be hard to find something new. And Pinterest has done a lot of work to change that. They changed the algorithm so it's no longer time-based. It's based on your interests. They've added new uh, types of content that you can share. So it's not just static pins. We now have video pins. We now have idea pins. And the way that you approach Pinterest is also really changing. Traditionally, it was seen as a search engine. SEO was really important. You really needed to have your keywords down and you wanted to use it like Google, basically. Like it was just a visual search engine. They've added a few new, you know, the idea pins in particular are really focused on the social side and keeping people on Pinterest, keeping people engaged on the platform. And that's a big, big difference that we're seeing versus, I mean, even pre-2020 Pinterest. Uh, they're really trying to make it more of a social network. Of course, there's still that SEO, there's still that search side, but there's now more emphasis on the social side with the idea pens. So for those people listening, you know, Pinterest is an example of a visual platform. You need to have something visual to, to upload. And I think now and now, you know, later and later, and as time passes, more brands, more businesses are creating more visual content. So I believe it's almost at a point where if they haven't been doing Pinterest, it becomes just an easy add-on to augment and come and and I'll give you an example. I did my first Instagram carousel post recently and I was playing around with the Pinterest app because I heard about these idea pins and then I realized I could just literally import those 10 images and create an idea pin, put some background music on and then boom. And that has performed, as you know, idea pins are very hot right now oh, yeah. uh, and it performed extremely well. And then I know that with the way the Pinterest algorithm works, now I get exposed a little bit more as a creator to other people it probably helps the, mm -hmm. the visibility of, of everything else. But the difference with Pinterest with all those other networks though, is that the content will live on because that search engine aspect still is there, right? So you're right. almost getting the best of both worlds, right? Yeah, and with idea pins in particular, we actually did a study earlier this year and we analyzed more than 20 million pins between February and March, really looking at what's working now. And what we found was idea pins were 41 times received 41 times the number of saves or 
previously known as repins, versus the static image pins. And video pins were performing eight times as well in terms of saves versus static image pins. So if you're on Pinterest and you're still just sharing static image pins, you're probably not going to see the return that you're used to. Pinterest really wants the video content and that idea pin content on the platform. So if you're not giving the algorithm what it wants, it's not going to give you what you want either. Yeah. So I, I want to ask you, Melissa, because you deal with a lot of customers and creators. So I'm a big fan of Kate All and the Simple Pin podcast. Oh, yeah. And, and she had an episode where she said a lot of people creating idea pins are using an app called Jump Rope. Do you find that to be the case? Are there other apps? Because I think that you can't just take a reel or a TikTok and put it up there as an idea pin. It's not what people are looking for. It's not the way they consume content, right? But if you look at Jump Rope, it's like, I get it. I mean, it was like the carousel post where I talked about eight different tips mm -hmm. uh, or you teach something. I think if anyone here goes to jumprope.com and check out what's there, they'll get a really good idea as to what will perform well in a Pinterest idea pin, which may be a little bit different than Reels and TikToks, although it could perform well there. Are there any other apps or any advice you can give companies that are brand new to idea pins to let them know how they don't have to be difficult? You know, you probably have a hundred different listicle blog posts that you might be able to convert into something or yeah. tutorial YouTube videos. So I think a lot of brands have a lot of content. It's just a matter of converting it into that format, right? Right. Yeah. And I would definitely think about it as a way to reach a broader audience. So you don't want to be giving away everything that you have on your website and an idea pin because you still want to drive people to your website. But it is just so good for that top of funnel brand awareness, which really wasn't a thing on Pinterest before. That was more of a middle of funnel, bottom of funnel type of platform. Whereas now with these idea pins and you can tell a small, complete story within the idea pins, it's really easy to get more of that brand awareness. Plus, after someone goes through all the slides of an idea pin, they're prompted to follow you. So it's great for building your following. It's great for telling a very small story. But I would say, yeah, if you have a listicle, pull out a few of those, you know, maybe one through three, one through five of 10 items, pull out a few of those make them into a story pin and super simple. You can use an app like jump rope. You can use Canva, you know, whatever it is, there's very specific aspect ratios for them. And right now you can only publish them on Pinterest because they are still, I think, technically in beta. So <laughs> fingers crossed they'll, they'll come to other platforms for scheduling soon. But right now you just, you can create the content elsewhere. You could even do like a Q&A and have the first slide of the idea pin be whatever the question is. And then you just talk to your phone and answer the question. So that's a really engaging way to get people interested and, you know, kind of introduce yourself as a brand to the Pinterest audience. There's a lot you can do. It doesn't have to be that hard. It doesn't have to be that complicated to make, but it's just super simple to get that really top of funnel, introduce yourself to the Pinterest audience, to new potential buyers and pull them in so that once they're following you, you can hit them with those video pins that people can click through on or the static pins that people can click through on. So then you're getting more of that middle of funnel, bottom of funnel that we all know and love about Pinterest. Yeah. And I, I, Melissa, I'm, I'm almost going to ask you, and a year ago, you probably wouldn't have said this, but if there was a company new to Pinterest would you actually tell them start with idea pins? Would that almost be your advice today, just seeing how much visibility they're getting? That's actually one of the weird things that we found with the study is, yes, idea pins absolutely do it, but they work especially well if you have more than 10,000 followers. Okay. 
for fewer than 10,000 followers, put a little bit more emphasis on the video pins. Those seem to be the ones that are really performing well, but absolutely use a mix because you need both. You want to grow your following. Idea pins are perfect for that. But for increasing your your reach, seemingly video pins for the smaller accounts are the ones that are performing a little bit better, but still have that mix. Okay. I, I want to just end the note on idea pins. So this one, this Instagram carousel post that I, I just completely repurposed. I added a, a separate background music. It was really easy to use the Pinterest app. Uh, by the way, I know that sometimes Reels TikTok can be very complex and confusing, but Pinterest really did a good job with idea pins. And they live on, I mean, they stay up to like a story for 24 hours, but then they live on your profile. And I'm just seeing uh, this one I did. Now I have 40,000 followers on Pinterest, but I don't get that many impressions every time I pin, which is like 25 to 30 times a day. That's a, that's a topic for a whole other episode. But this one idea pin got 3,200 impressions. It got 45 clicks. It got 11 saves. And when was the last time something you did on Instagram got that sort of visibility? And with the way that Pinterest works, people save these things to their boards which allows them to be discovered in the future by other people. It's which it's it's the gift that keeps on giving that other platforms don't have. So hopefully just with that data that entices you and it, it, it is additional visibility, right? That you're not getting if you're not on the platform. So, all right, idea pins are hot. Let's yeah, hope okay. they are when this episode publishes. I believe they will be, but now we have the video pin versus static pin, right? And you were talking mm -hmm. about how video pins seem to be a little bit more. And I think it's supply demand when you're on the Pinterest newsfeed, there's very few video pins. So when you see it, it really jumps out. What are some best practices for, for companies that are thinking, well, I know what a static pin is. What, what the heck is a video pin? Is it, is it a story? Is it like an Instagram video? How would you best describe what that, you know, the format and best practices are of that? Yeah. So it's more similar to uh, like an Instagram TV or an Instagram reel. It's the, it's the portrait style. You don't want it to be like the YouTube style of video. That's the landscape version. So it's quick. You want to pull people in pretty quickly. We've seen that repurposing from other platforms can work. So if you have a TikTok that's done really well, I use one of the apps to remove the TikTok watermark. None of mm. the other platforms, like when there's a competing watermark on the image, but repurposing that content that you've created for other platforms can work really well. I also like to tell people that since you can use video pins to click through, give away like 50%, 75% of the story, and then encourage that click through to go to your website and learn the rest of it. So you're pulling people in, you're giving them a lot of information, but they still need to go visit your website and engage. Maybe you have a exit intent pop-up that'll get them to give you your email address. So then you're building that, which is really important. You know, any of these networks, obviously we're living on rented space. If the algorithm changes, you can lose everything overnight. So building up your website, your email list, all of that is really important, but you need people to land there first. So encouraging those click-throughs from those video pins is important, but you also want to give Pinterest what they want. They want great content. They want something that's inspiring and engaging and will bring people back to the platform. So it's it's a little bit of a balance with idea pins. It's almost easier to grasp because you give a, you tell the whole story right there. Video pins, you want to draw them in a little bit more. It's more like a a, a trailer and then the full features on your website with static pins. Yeah, you know, you're just getting people to click through to your website. So it is 
there's such different use cases for the different pen types. It's just, it, it depends on what you're trying to go for with each of them. So how would you, in terms of, obviously it depends on the industry you're in, your product and service, but for the video pin, could it be as easy as someone looking into the camera and speaking to grab someone's attention? Obviously the title and the description, once they click through, they're going to get some more ideas. And, and then ideally they're going to go back to your website where you go into more detail. Could it be as simple as that? Absolutely. Again, if you want to you know, answer a few questions or tell a short story or talk a little bit about whatever is on your website that you're talking about more in depth, that can absolutely work. And then the creative itself is basically the portrait mode on a phone that is the exact dimension or it's <laughs> or pretty similar. Picky. Yeah, it's they're less picky about the video pins than they are with the idea pins. There's like an exact pixel for pixel that you have to fit into or else there will be a weird bar with the idea pins video pins you have a little bit more flexibility i would still stick to portrait style no matter what but you you know you don't have to have the exact pixel ratio exactly right or pinterest won't publish it and then i've seen people with square videos they'll use the upper and lower space of the vertical to you know put a title yeah. or, or something to drive traffic so okay that works too cool so another thing and I think, you know, what, what you're getting are the main features. And Pinterest is a lot more complex than most people think. You got the idea pins, you got the video, you got the static. So Tailwind, a lot of people don't know, people in my community better know. But over the last few months, you've actually released your own tool to help create pins called Tailwind Create. And I want to go into that because I know it's based on a lot of science and data. I have a designer who has been using Canva to create pins. And when he started using Tailwind Create, he goes, oh my God, Neil, I love this. So I, obviously if you're a designer, you're probably going to use Photoshop or whatever design tools you use. But for non-designers who are looking for inspiration, it, it's quite incredible. Cause he, so can you tell uh, the listeners a little bit about that tool and, and, and how it was developed and what's the science behind it? Yeah, absolutely. So one of the things that Pinterest has said, you know, static pins still work. They can still really drive great traffic to your website, but they don't want to see the same image with the same text overlay hitting the exact same audience over and over and over again. That's what they're trying to get away from. What Tailwind Create really helps you do is quickly, like in under two minutes, we found, uh, create these pins that are 95% done. All you have to do is tweak a few things and then you can directly schedule it in Tailwind. That allows you to pull in different audiences, change out the image, change the colors. You can still have your branding. We still definitely recommend either having your website URL on there or your logo. You'd still want people to recognize who you are, even if the template is a little bit different. We found that when comparing Tailwind Create pins to those that are just resharing the same pin over and over the tailwind create pins with that new design with maybe an updated title performs 373 percent better in terms of saves versus just sharing the same content so wow. in under two minutes you can get almost 400 times or 400 percent more saves versus you know it's sure it's quicker to repin the same thing over and over again but you're not going to get the same results and the format of the, the different sort of templates that are brought, those were also based on recommendations from Pinterest, right? Correct. Yeah. So we we have a great relationship with Pinterest and they give us tips on what's performing. We're constantly updating the templates too. So I, I love Canva as well, but sometimes you can look at a pin and go, yep, I've seen that before. 
and with yeah, Dylan yeah. Create, it's it's. I know that different. Canva template. I'm <laughs> oh yeah, <laughs> same thing with the unsplash photos. Like if you've been uh, in marketing for a long time, you start to recognize those. Sorry, like, oh, sorry, blog what... readers. I I use unsplash a lot. Sorry about that. <laughs> I do too. It's great, but sometimes you have to do a little bit of digging to get the the photos that not everyone uses. <laughs> Yep. Yep. I agree. And just to, you know, as a reminder, people that have followed me for years, I'm always speaking about Pinterest. Just this year from my static pins alone, traffic to my website from social media, Pinterest represents 21%. Twitter's 45%, but Pinterest outperforms Facebook and LinkedIn. So just a reminder that there's, even with Pinterest favoring idea pins and video pins, those static image pins can still do well, but you need to up your game you need to have fresh creative and tell and creates a great tool that I've become a big fan of. And hopefully people want to get started to look into that as well. I wanted to throw out some other, well, another cool feature of Tailwind, which other platforms don't have. I believe Pinterest approves it, which is this notion of the communities that you have. And yep. it, it's a weird thing where there's all these like apps out there and we've have, and we still have things like Triber where it's like, Hey, you share with me, I share with you. But I've found, and I have my own community that's been done really well. I've found it's been a really great way to meet new content creators, to be exposed to new content. Can you tell us a little bit about that? And I mean, does Pinterest, you're not using any special API, so I guess from Pinterest, but is this something that's approved by Pinterest or tell the listener a little bit about telling communities? Yeah. So with communities, technically, if you have enough content and if you're making enough new pins, you don't ever have to share anyone else's pens. That's fine. Pinterest has said, if you only share your own content, you're good. There's no 80-20 rule anymore. It's, you know, you can go ahead and just share your own content. However, most of us are not content creation machines. And to kind of supplement your boards with some of that content from your fans, from other people that you like, uh, new folks in your space that you may not have met, communities are really great for that. It's not going to hurt you at all for, to have other people sharing your content or for you to share other people's content. It could potentially help. Of course, someone happens to click through and buy from a pen that was shared by a community member. Amazing. So it's, you know, you're not going to see the instantaneous impact that sharing, getting a lot of pens from your website out there used to have. But it's still a great way to meet people. It's still a great way to supplement your schedule when you don't have a ton of content. And it's a great way to have others share your content, maybe give a little bit more context to what you're pinning or um, what you're talking about to Pinterest, because they are looking at the boards, they're looking at the accounts that are sharing your pins, and that kind of helps give them signals about what your content is about. So it is still a really great way. People are still finding success with communities. But if you're the BuzzFeeds of the world, you have tons of content going out every single day with new URLs and new images, then you don't technically need to share anyone else's content. But communities are great for that. Yeah, I'm a big fan. I, I consider Pinterest pretty similar to Twitter. You don't want to like overshare, but you need to have a certain cadence to be found. And if you don't have enough content, curated content is a great way to do it. And what I've always thought is, well, if I'm going to share other people's content, 
it would be nice if they shared mine too, right? right. This, this notion of reciprocity in social media. So I just want to share with people. So my community in Taiwan communities is called blogging, digital and social and social media marketing pros. So it's obviously about blogging, digital and social media marketing. We currently have 787 members. Some of those members include Tailwind, Mike Alton, social media hat, who a lot of you, Donna Moritz, who a lot of you should know, Easel, a lot of great, Mari Smith, a lot of really, really great people that yes, they're contributing their content, but it's great content to begin with that you'd want to share. And they're also sharing your content if they find it compelling, right? There's no guarantees, but you know, this is a, a, a community where, and Tailwind is really good at giving me the stats here. We've had a total of 56,000 reshares, 25,100 repins or shares. I myself have gotten 1,700 reshares, which have led to a reach of 10 million. And I'll let you know, I've submitted a lot of my own pins, but I have actually shared 4,009 of other people's pins. And in fact, I only curate content and tailwind for my own community now. It, j it just makes sense to do that. So that's really the power. And whenever I have you know new clients that get turned on to Pinterest, I immediately help them find uh, a community, letting them know that, hey, you should be sharing. Uh, one of my clients is a hair color company. So yeah, if there's a beauty blogger that has like hair color tips or hair care tips, that that's a no-brainer. Maybe they'll share your content, maybe not. But all those other benefits you talked about, Melissa, of letting Pinterest know what your board's about, having more content for your followers, it's, it's a win-win-win. So uh, I just wanted to let people know because really that's the only sort of community within a tool for any social media platform that exists. Uh, once again, Tailwind's is very, Pinterest is very special, Tailwind's very special. Just another reason to uh, to try them out. You know, we could go further. I guess the only other thing left, and I'm just going step by step with, with Pinterest, are really Pinterest ads. Mm -hmm. And I, I know this is something obviously that Tailwind doesn't support per se, but I, I hear, I hear different things about it. I know like for my own brand and for a client I'm working with, I think what people need to understand is sort of the yin and the yang the good and the bad. So versus a Facebook ad, a Pinterest ad leads people to the pin. So it's actually a two-step process. They don't immediately go outside of Pinterest. On the flip side, that ad remains forever as an organic pin that can still be engaged with that, that gives social proof. For those listening that want to get involved in the, and I find the ad platform really easy to use. I know some people find it complex. I, I love the Pinterest user interface, but any you know advice that you give businesses that want to do more with, with Pinterest ads of sort of best practices or recommendations? Start with the organic content that's performing for you. I think mm -hmm. that's a really good way to just sort of juice what's already happening and getting that content that's already performing well in front of the right people. We also found a study that showed that with Pinterest advertising, the ads on there are actually 2.3 times more efficient with the cost per conversions than other social ads and has a 2x higher return on ad spend. So it's, you know, it's not that complex. You just use a pin, you just promote the pin, you can tag the audiences and everything. And it works really well. It continues to be one of our best ad platforms. My coworker, Elisa, is a genius at uh, Pinterest ads. So she she loves it. She swears by it. She has per done incredible things for Tailwind with our ads. But I think really pretty much on any ad platform, if you are starting with the things that are already performing organically, providing that little bit of extra juice can't hurt. And I've also heard that similar to organic pins in general, rather than lead people directly to a landing page, lead people to great content where at the end of it or the pop-up you have your opt-in is going to perform. It's sort of counterintuitive, but that seems right. to perform better, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, you're giving people what they're interested in rather than just selling directly to them. And then again, you're building that thing that you own and that you can then retarget to. You can turn those emails that you collect into a retargeting campaign on Pinterest, on Facebook, wherever. And so there's a lot of benefit that can come from advertising. And what's really cool, so I'm going to I'm gonna take you up on your advice, Melissa. I haven't seen those results yet. So in, in many ways, I find sometimes Twitter is the best advertising platform for, for me. You know, other times it's Facebook. Uh, I'm going to do more on Pinterest. But one thing I did want to say, what's really cool of the Pinterest ad platform, which reminds us that it is a search engine, is that you can target keywords mm -hmm. like you do with Google. And that's something that no other social ad platform, I mean, Twitter to some extent, but, and that's a really exciting thing about uh, the Pinterest ad platform for me. Yeah. Oh, and I love the keywords in there because it actually gives you the search volume too. You can use that information to then inform your organic strategy with what keywords you're putting in your title and your description. I, you know, you can glean a lot of really great information for organic use through the ads platform. So, hey, if any of you are interested in going deeper into this, let me know. We'll do a future episode just on Pinterest ads. But I want to shift gears a little bit because Tailwind has also shifted gears and become a full-fledged you know, Instagram platform as well. I, in my digital first membership community, for those members that are listening, smart.bio is sort of the, the the official, you know, URL, but not URL, like the link tree type application that that social media bio link that you have on a platform like Instagram. And if you go to my Instagram.com slash Neil Schaefer, you'll see in the link, it, it is a smart bio link as well. So, but I know obviously you've done a lot more than that. You have hashtag generators, you know, visual drag and drop to be able to schedule your posts. So what made... I guess let's take a step back. Tailwind Pinterest, it was like chocolate and peanut butter. And then you added Instagram. What, what was the strategic decision to add Instagram to that mix? What, why did Tailwind think that you could provide something? Because there were already a lot of players in the space at that time, right? So right. what is it that Tailwind has that is a little bit different than the other platforms? So when we first added it, everything that we do with our roadmap, our product roadmap is based on the feedback that we get from our members. So we just had a lot of members saying, hey, you're already supporting Pinterest, which is a visual platform. Why not support Instagram as well? And so we explored it. We became an Instagram partner. And then we built out our scheduling platform. What's really great about Tailwind for Instagram is that, again, you can do everything from post creation to analyzing right within Tailwind. Tailwind Create now supports um, feed posts and stories and Facebook posts all right within Tailwind. And so you can create the post, write the caption, get the right hashtags and schedule it to be published, auto-published all right within the platform. Our analytics, if you have a business account, again, I think this is true for every third-party platform. You need yep. to have a business account to be able to auto-publish. But if you have that connected, then you can do things like automatically add your hashtags in the first comment. If you don't want them in your, you can also analyze the performance of the post. There's just so much you can do without having to leave Tailwind that really helps you time box and make sure that uh, actually one of the things that we learned recently, my coworker, Chloe is a Instagram influencer in her own right outside of Tailwind. And she had a call with Instagram a few weeks ago where they told her that Consistency is the most important thing you can do to grow on Instagram. Oh, the wow. algorithm listens to patterns. It wants you to create a pattern and stick with it. So if you post on Fridays at 5 p.m. and you post a carousel post, 
next Friday at 5 p.m., you better be posting a, a carousel post. So a scheduling tool like Tailwind can really help with that because, you know, you may not be thinking about publishing on Instagram on your Friday afternoon, but that's what they want. That's really, really interesting. In social media marketing in general, we talk about the need to be consistent and it makes sense because then there's more content out there that you have that gets seen. But as an algorithm ranking factor, I never honestly, some people have mentioned it. I never really thought about it that way, but that's really, really interesting. It also makes sense. They want to reward those content creators that are investing the time on the platform on a consistent basis, right? Right. Yeah. And it was really interesting that it had to be the same content type. Okay. So you can't just post a carousel post on Friday and then a video on the next Friday. It has to be the same content type that goes out regularly. Rut row. Okay. Now, <laughs> time to do another carousel post, I guess. So is that, and I wanted to shift gears because Instagram is in a really interesting place in 2021. I mean, all this is supply and demand. At some point, you got more people on the platform. You got more content creators. So, you know, organic reach goes down, but then you've had the disruption of first Instagram stories and now reels, which just seems to, I just can't turn it off my newsfeed. They just keep pushing it. Uh, and, and reels is very, very different. Well, you'll get a lot of exposure, but you don't necessarily get conversion from that exposure. I think a lot of people find. So today, for those listening, what, what, how should we approach Instagram? It, it, do, do we go in all in on reels, even though it might not be appropriate for our industry? I guess you could make it appropriate, but what is Tailwind, you know, what advice do you give your customers in terms of how they should be tweaking their Instagram strategy going forward? Yeah. So they, they want you to post reels. They recommended to Chloe that it's a 60, 40 split. 60% of what you're posting should be reels. Wow. And then 40% the other content stories, of course, are, they, they view that differently. They think stories are, uh, that doesn't play into the algorithm the way that the, the, the patterns do. So they just, you Interesting. know, post at least once per day, give a little bit of the background. They actually like told her specifically what each content type represents. So for the feed posts, those are the memories that you want to keep. Those are the things that are going to last forever. Stories are capturing a moment in time that's fleeting unless you've added to your highlights. And then reels are meant to be a mini trailer for something that you really want to show people. So mm. understanding the different purposes of the different content types, the patterns that they're looking for, as well as that 60-40 split of content can really, really help you. Interestingly, they also want you to create everything in the Instagram camera. So wow. get used to editing your reels on Instagram. That's what they want to see. Wow, that's amazing advice, Melissa. And thinking of the... Instagram feed post as your memory and the reel as a mini trailer. That's really powerful and really a great way to sort of shift our mindset. If we're not on board with it, we don't want to be seen making ourselves look stupid and we can't dance and, you know, right. but, but, but I also know that even in B2B, there are a growing number of TikTokers and reels that will, it's using the same format, but using it in a more educational way. So, well, it's time to up our reels game, people. You heard it from the source right here. So finally... We, I wanted to cover Facebook a little bit because I know that Tailwind has extended your functionality to Facebook as well. You know, Facebook's really interesting. I, I was just on a podcast before and I do these SEO content audits on my site. And I, part of that audit is looking at the keywords that I'm targeting. And there are some Facebook keywords I'm targeting, but I hadn't looked at the search volume over the course of a year. And I've seen that the search volume for a lot of keywords has just dropped for Facebook. 
And obviously, I'm sure it's increased for TikTok and, and for Instagram and probably for Pinterest as well. Facebook is, is so old and there's just so much bad blood in the air. I know it can still be effective. I know like Facebook groups can, can still be a goldmine and even organic reach on personal profiles is still there. But for businesses that have pages that think that Facebook is just about, you know, 100% pay to play, what advice can you give them? I think when creating any kind of social media post, you need to think about the story that you're telling rather than the individual posts that you're creating. So if you're making a story that can be told on TikTok, on Instagram, on Pinterest, and then on Facebook, it's a little bit easier to make those posts on the platforms that you know are going to perform really, really well. And then you can optimize the Facebook posts for that as well. I, I agree that I think pretty much most people now use Facebook for Facebook groups, and those are still great for connecting with your community. Honestly, that's 90% of what I do on Facebook or in yeah. Facebook groups. So focusing on your group where you're putting like the real strategy, the real effort in, and then using a tool like Tailwind, where you can just have that social media story that you're wanting to tell and break it down into the different platforms. You already have the story. All you need to do is use Tailwind Create to make the image for Pinterest, Instagram, Facebook. It's all right there. Get it scheduled, have it posted, and have it sort of be repurposed. So you're still being active. That also plays into account if you are making ads, you need to have an active profile. It looks a lot better if people click through and see that you're posting regularly. So it's still important, but you sort of have to think about it differently. So strategy goes into the communities, to the groups, and then repurposing your other content goes into the actual like posting to your page. I think it was like 2018 where they did the Facebook zero, where basically every page lost all of their reach because they want you to use ads. You still need to have some organic posts on there. It can't all be ads. So, yeah. you know, just repurposing that content that you're already creating and publishing it on, on Facebook can save you time and still get you that, uh, that consistency. Yeah. And what's interesting is that, I mean, just as Tailwind and, and Pinterest has been transformed into more of a video platform, if almost we think video first with Facebook, we know we're going to do a lot better, right? And right. and we know there's going to be a lot more views that we can also retarget for our paid social as well. So maybe it's just reimagining how we use it uh, with the video first, these videos, whether it's the idea pin, the video pin, the real, the story, and bring that, bring those best performers over to Facebook. That might be the uh, the best solution, huh? Yeah. And for us, actually, uh, Elisa's Facebook Lives that she does with Jeff C, who I'm I'm sure is a friend of the podcast as well. Yep. They always perform so well. Those are our best performing assets on Facebook. Uh, but she worked really hard to build that audience over time. So yeah, it's yeah. not going to be instantaneous. But if you have a great topic, if you have an engaging presence on, on screen, then it can work so, so well. Yeah, I was on a live stream yesterday called dealcasters.live. They do like Amazon Live in addition to Facebook and everywhere else. When our episode, it's a different world, people consume content differently. And if you're not part of this new world, your competitors probably are. So a lot of great reminders ended. He goes, hey, we just got 3,000 views. I'm like, what? Um, yeah, so there's opportunity out there. If, and they also do it. They 
they're like, Neil, we did it wrong. We didn't create the product or service. We just created the show first. I'm like, no, that's what the, that's what people want. They want the show, right. right? They don't want to buy the product, but they want to be entertained. They want to be educated. So just to sum up today's conversation, there's a lot of opportunity out there, but you can't be thinking of social media marketing like you did back in 2011. I also want to remind people before we go that uh, Tailwind has been very, very nice to give my community, including you listeners, a chance to get a free trial and a $30 credit for a future subscription. Make sure you go to neilshafer.com slash Tailwind. Melissa, any final advice? I think we covered, you were probably wondering, Neil, how are we going to cover all this? I think we covered the whole spectrum, but is there any, any final advice that you might have for our listeners? I think the final thing that I would recommend is use the platforms. Don't just go in as a marketer, use the platforms yourself, get to know them, get to know what you like, get to know what is performing well, and you'll do a lot better as a marketer. Amen to that. And yeah, if you use Tailwind, you haven't logged into Pinterest, you might notice that you might have missed comments on your pins, some messages from your fans. I know that I have. I, I try to check in there more and more regularly. But yeah, you got to be a user of the platform to perform well on it. So great advice, Melissa. Thank you so much. Obviously, everyone can go to neilshafer.com slash tailwind, get access to the, the free demo and the credit for the future. So that's an easy link to pass. Any other any other areas or links that we should share with with the audience to get to know Melissa or the team at Tailwind better? I, I would definitely recommend the Tailwind blog. So just tailwindapp.com slash blog. We have a ton of great content and you can find us on most social networks. If you just search for Tailwind or Tailwind app, we're there and we have some exciting announcements coming. So definitely keep an eye out. Awesome. Thank you so much for sharing your time, uh, your experience, your expertise with everyone, Melissa. Um, I know that we'll be seeing each other in the near future once those conferences get in person again. Yeah, can't wait. Thanks for having me. Thank you. All right. I hope you enjoyed that interview as much as I do. And I'm, I'm really a huge fan of this tool because it is in the world of social media tools, it really is unique. And it's not only monopoly that it has on a certain social network, which in this case is Pinterest, but also offering this unique functionality like a tail and create, which could replace Canva for some people. I know for my own pins, I am now 100% creating them on Tailwind Create instead of going outside of Tailwind to create them on Canva. It's all in the same tool. There's just so much efficiency. And as I mentioned in the interview, Tailwind does use best practices to serve up designs that are highly converting on Pinterest. Maybe that's why I still get a lot of traffic from Pinterest. They also have the Tailwind communities and I've been able to make great connections and it's definitely helped amplify my content as well. So I can't say enough about it. Even uh, Tailwind for Instagram, a lot of really cool functionality. And right now we're sharing all of our Instagram over to our Facebook page and the ability to customize the Facebook message when it's shared over. So a lot of really, really cool functionality across all the social networks. If you haven't checked it out, please make sure you do so. And check out the neilshafer.com slash tailwind for your $30 exclusive discount. Once again, that is an affiliate link. Well, I hope you enjoyed that episode. Hey, is there a topic that's like, Neil, you're my digital marketing coach. Why haven't you talked about this? Or why haven't you talked about that? Or Neil, I'm really stuck. Will you help me? I will. I want to. I can. I want to serve you, but I can't unless you let me know. So feel free to reach out to me. Do it in a comment. You know, leave a rating for this podcast on Apple or Spotify, wherever you're listening with a with a comment and a question. Or perhaps you simply just reach out to me on social media. Fill out a contact form on my website. Email me at neil at neilshaver.com. There are tons of ways of getting a hold of me. So just drop me a line. I would 
honestly really, really love to hear from you rather than all these people that sell me on all this stuff and opt me into all these newsletters that I always have to report for spam. So please make my day. All right. So that's it for another episode of the Your Digital Marketing Coach podcast. This is your digital marketing coach, Neil Schaefer, signing out. You've been listening to Your Digital Marketing Coach. Questions, comments, requests, links? Go to podcast.neilshafer.com. Get the show notes to this and 200 plus podcast episodes and neilshafer.com to tap into the 400 plus blog posts that Neil has published to support your business. While you're there, check out Neil's digital first group coaching membership community if you or your business needs a little helping hand. See you next time on Your Digital Marketing Coach.